Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. What's up, folks? Happy Friday. Welcome into the Friday edition of Hardwood Handicappers. JVT flying solo today. Kelly Bidlin is out. Zach is out. We will hear uh, hopefully from both of them. I, You know, look, I can only do so much, you know, and uh, if Kelly's listening to this, I don't know if he is. We're going to test a theory here, um, but let's go. Let's go. Text me back. Come on. You know what's going on here. You know what the picks are. You know what the, the plan is. I'll wait and see if Kelly has anything that he has bet for the Friday card. And, of course, I'll relay any of Zach's picks that he's got. You can find those up on the website as well. If maybe you're just listening to this and go, bro, I don't want to hear you talk. I just want the picks. Go to vcin.com. Check out uh, Zach's picks up on the website. You can find it under the NBA tab or right there in the top headlines over the right-hand side. Also in the right-hand side, which I'll expand on really briefly here, is our first crack at John Von Model 2.0, the NBA player model, which was unveiled today by myself up on the website. You can keep track of that and everything going on. And uh, it's been quite the journey. It'll be quite the uh, the thing to track here as you move forward. So for those who may be uh, just taking the podcast, don't really do a lot up on the website, this summer uh, I did decide to build a NFL model. And the reason behind it was, I don't think I am some modeler, by the way. I know that there are quite a few people who think that I think that, but no, that's not the case. What, what the whole plan was and the whole point is, is just to experience what that process is like. There's a lot of people, really smart people in this business and in this space who model on their own because that is what they do. And they're very, very good at it. And that's how they find their edges. And it's always been a process that has fascinated me a lot because it seems really, really hard. So this summer, I decided, you know what, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to try to just do something. I, I don't know what I'm going to try to do, but I'm going to try to do something. I'm going to try to build something. So read some books, watched YouTube videos, all sorts of things. It really started to kind of get into it and, and really start to feel somewhat passionate about it, at least enjoy what it was. So we cranked out an NFL model. That's John Von Model, and that's up on the website as well, vison.com. And it led to conversations behind the scenes. We decided to start to track the model from a betting perspective. Um, and, uh, or so we started to track the model up on the website as part of, sorry, Kelly text me, I got distracted. Um, so he was listening, even though I'm recording. So there's no way he could hear this right now. Uh, so we started to track that model. And what we did was we put in an entry, Mitch Moss, host of Follow the Money and myself in the Super Contest. So that's the way to track our five biggest edges in the National Football League. 
And I decided, you know what, let's expand this out. Let's see what happens if we start to try to build an NBA model. And one of the key differences that I found with the NFL model being very, very team-based, you know, a lot of team catch-all statistics, EPA per play, net EPA, drive success rate, you know, on and on, adjusted line yards allowed, all sorts of things. You know, when you have 11 guys on one side, another 11, 22 at any time, three different facets of the game, you can use these catch-all statistics to get an idea of what's going on. But as far as the NBA is concerned, when I started to build out a team-based model, the results were all over the place. Cavaliers were like the third worst team or, you know, they were going to be the best team and all this sort of things. You know, there was all sorts of madness. The Lakers were the third worst team. It led to a whole bunch of different things that, that clearly were not sustainable if I were to use that as a model moving into the season. So with those results and with the fact that, hey, look, this is going to be kind of tough. Like this is going to be a player-based model that needs to be done here. And so I kind of got to work. And I would recommend very much, and I, I wrote about this in the article up at vcin.com, uh, Andrew Mack, who did a great job writing two books, Statistical Sports Models in Excel. I, I wrote about, read both of them. Uh, he's very, very accessible on Twitter if you want to give him a follow. Uh, he's helped me out with a couple of things that I reached out about too. So using his work and his books, uh, built out a player-based model in the NBA. And it's very, very rudimentary based on one statistic at this point right now. I'm still trying to get the basics of it because this is far more complex than what the NFL model is. So we unveiled that today and we've got some point spreads up. You can check them up on the website of Eason.com. And I would caution anybody at this point right now. These are not worth betting. <laughs> I'll just, I'll put it that way. These are not worth betting at this point. These are so volatile. And yes, they do reflect the market to a certain extent, but these are all over the place. This is absolute madness. And so with that, like, I don't want that to become like a thing where it's like, Hey, look, let's start following this model. Let's start hammering away. I don't think that's going to be the case. We're going to track it every Friday and we're going to have these projections up on every Friday. So just wanted to uh, let people know about that. Check that up on the website. One of the many things that we have written up there and you can follow along on the journey. And maybe we'll include it as part of Fridays as we move forward. But uh, we might be changing some things up on Friday in that, you know, the workload is changing. Some things behind the scenes are changing at the network. All right, with that, let's move on to what the day is and recap last night. Only two games yesterday. Uh, a very, very solid effort from our Philadelphia 76ers. Zach and I both uh, in on Philadelphia to keep that game close, and they did end up winning or losing uh, 118-117, to 117, but they really won because they covered against the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, and any big takeaways from that game, in reality, is just that, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers are going to be fine. The market, as we discussed yesterday on the podcast, really seemed to overreact to what was going on with James Harden, to his absence, all sorts of things. And it kind of forgot the betting market that Tyrese Maxey is a good player, that Tobias Harris is a good player. Kelly Oubre looks like he's going to fit really well in this system overall. You still have Joel Embiid, obviously. And the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be awesome, and Damian Lillard is going to hit a bunch of clutch shots as he did yesterday for the Bucks. But I, I think you kind of forget how good Philadelphia really is because the perception is not reality. Perception is that Philly is a nightmare of a club that is falling apart. The reality is, is that Harden is the one that's not around the team, and this team has been practicing and gelling and getting ready for the season and understanding behind the scenes what's going on, and they still have a bunch of talented players. On the flip side, the Los Angeles Lakers had to come back and beat the Phoenix Suns 195 an ugly game, second game of two, by the way, for the Phoenix Suns that go under the total. So that's going to be something to monitor. They haven't been as good on offense as we expected them to be. 
And of course, yesterday, no Devin Booker, no Bradley Beal. So their status, we monitor as we move forward. But the big takeaway here too is, man, when you look at this, Lakers can't shoot. It's a big problem. And I wonder how much this is going to really plague them because this is why they signed these guys. The, the change was supposed to be that you could shoot at a higher volume of three or higher, higher volume of three-point shots and make those shots. And hasn't really been the case. Five of 29 yesterday. I uh, did shoot 37% against the Nuggets. So I guess we can account for that as maybe being, a, you know, as being a positive. But I, I think this is going to be a team that's going to struggle to shoot yet again and just be a different version of what they were last year. 79.4% at the rim yesterday, 27 to 34 but 17.2% from beyond the arc. So with that, let's take a look at the card today. It's a pretty deep card. Fridays are uh, longer cards than usual. So we can look at the market where we opened up and, and where we're heading. And of course, we'll update injuries as well. So let's start at the top of the rotation work our way around. First up, Detroit Pistons on the road against the Charlotte Hornets. Opener here had the Hornets as six-point favorites with a total of 226 and a half. Currently across the board, we'll call it four with a total of 226. So no real move on the uh, total moving that by about a half point. The real move comes, of course, on the side, moving that down by about one and a half, two points. And I, I would agree with that. Look, one of the things that we've discussed in the offseason and previews and all sorts of things is that Detroit, I think, is going to be kind of a plucky team in the regards of, you know, are they going to win 30-ish games? I think they can. But I think from an ATS standpoint, if guys like Cade Cunningham are going to be healthy, this team's going to be a little bit of a problem to deal with. And in the season opener against Miami, 30 points, three rebounds, nine assists for Kate Cunningham. He was 13 and 27 from the floor. He was absolutely tremendous for the Detroit Pistons. And if he's going to be active, Jalen Duran and Isaiah Stewart are going to combine to give you 17 and 14 and 14 and 14. So what are we, what are we talking about here? 31 and 28. They're going to be in a pretty good position as a team moving forward. And against Charlotte, you know, the market kind of surprised by what happened against Atlanta, right? Charlotte ends up pulling that out against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, but when you look at it from the perspective of this matchup, it is pretty extreme to make Charlotte a six-point favorite. At this point, it does seem home court, at least at the start, is going to be worth it about six points or so, or six points, uh, three points. So to say that Charlotte unequivocally is like three points better than the Detroit Pistons on a neutral, it, it's a little strong. So it's not surprising to see from the DraftKings opener of six that this thing has been bet down to about four. It's telling us that Charlotte's about a point better. Uh, but I would agree with this line move here. It's not something I bet, didn't get in a time, uh, but would be looking for an in-game opportunity on the Pistons. All right, next up, let's go to Denver and Memphis. Opener here, Denver opens up as a two-and-a-half point favorite, total of 226 over at DraftKings, uh, up to five-and-a-half with a total of 220-and-a-half currently as we record. Uh, I bring this up too, and we'll note this. Um, it seems like Circa, or Circa, excuse me, it seems like DraftKings is the market that is opening first or the book that is opening first. So I'll, I'll reference DraftKings openers. It's by observation that they've been coming up with the overnights first off. So we'll, we'll cite those as true openers for now. And then if anything changes that we observe throughout the season, um, we'll adjust. But just know that if I'm listing an opener, it is the opener over at DraftKings because they seem to be the ones first to market. So hung up a two and a half in favor of Denver first with a total of uh, 226. And I'm kicking myself that I did not get involved in betting this thing up. Look, after what we talked about the other day, after what we saw the other day, and we mentioned this with Zach, I think Memphis is in for a tough year, man. Like these teams are just going to sit back. They're going to play some variation of zone. They're going to dare them to shoot. And I think the Grizzlies are going to fail that test. They don't have that much shooting. They are injured beyond belief. No Steven Adams, no Santi Aldama, no John Morant, no Brandon Clark. And by the way, 
their best shooter, Luke Kennard. He's not playing today due to concussion protocol. So uh, after opening up at two and a half, vast majority of other places opening up at about three, some other spots at about four and a half. I actually would not, I would not uh, push you away from coming in and betting the Denver Nuggets at five and a half. If you can grab it and get it before it even starts to move more. I think the Grizzlies are in an absolute fade territory. And when you look at what they have in the front court now against Nikola Jokic, there is nobody that can really match up with him in any way, shape, or form. Jaron Jackson Jr., you would think, is going to be in foul trouble, much like he was against New Orleans the other day. It's just a tough matchup here all the way around for the Memphis Grizzlies. And the Nuggets seem like they are raring to go, to, to go after another championship. Look absolutely fantastic, like they hadn't missed a beat against Los Angeles Lakers. And I think they're going to continue to do that, especially against a a Memphis team that is just struggling. So we completely agree with the line move here. And uh, actually, you know what? I'm just going to add this. I'll I'm going to throw in some Denver minus five and a half. I know I got, I missed out on the line move, but I I think that's still kind of a short number. I'm looking to go against this Grizzlies team as often as I possibly can here this season. Oklahoma City on the road against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So injury news here that you want to monitor, of course, Uh, We know that Jarrett Allen is not playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Two names to watch, Darius Garland, the most important for the Cleveland Cavaliers, questionable with a hamstring strain. Dean Wade is questionable with an illness. So very important names, specifically Garland for the Cleveland Cavaliers that you're going to want to keep an eye on here in this matchup because, of course, they do have some impact. Garland did play in the season opener, logged 32 minutes, had 15 points, two rebounds, five assists on 6-12 shooting. Uh, didn't look particularly great, like looked like he was working his way back. So I don't know if they're going to try to give him a little bit of rest or whatever it's going to be, but that's going to be something you want to monitor. And that's going to be something that's going to decide where this number ends up. Uh, currently right now, the opener of five down to four due to the questionable status of Garland total 225 and a half up to 228. So this is kind of the thing that I've been talking about when it comes to Cleveland, right? I mentioned this uh, in our one of our preseason things, and I've mentioned this to a couple of people as much as you can. I think Cleveland is going to be a little bit of an over team as you move into the season. They want to play a little bit quicker. They want to shoot more threes and at least against the Brooklyn Nets, which went over the total. It does seem that they're trying to do that a little bit more. Cleveland, 44.3% of their attempts came from beyond the arc against the, uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. And from a a running standpoint, from a frequency standpoint, uh, 20.4% in terms of the frequency of possessions that started with a transition play and off of live rebounds, 48.3% of their possessions started with a transition play. So Cleveland wants to play quick. And, you know, the market has moved this thing up from 225 and a half to 228. There's still 227 and a half out there. So wouldn't say no if you want to bet over that thing. Uh, but Cleveland is going to be an over team. They are very much going to try to do this. And I think that that is going to um, – be translated in some of these totals as you move forward. And Oklahoma City is going to be more than willing to run with them. If they start to get up and down the floor, OKC is going to be more than willing to match pace. This could be a pretty wild and crazy game, especially with no Jarrett Allen as a rim protector. This thing, I think, could uh, really take off. So again, opener of 225 and a half, 226. We're up to 228 in some spots, 227 and a half. You know, two points when you're playing and over, you're missing out on essentially a bucket, uh, but wouldn't say no to still betting that thing over 227 and a half. Uh, With that, first bet of the day, a little bit of move here. Not enough to get me off of it, though. Wouldn't be surprised if the New York Knicks go off as favorites against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Won't. You know what? Look, I'm I'm willing to be accused of uh, overreacting 
to a certain extent. But after watching what transpired the other day for the Atlanta Hawks, it, it was really, really disappointing. The defense failed to show up. A 112.6 offensive rate or defensive rating in non-garbage time and offensive rating for the Charlotte Hornets. And when you look at some of the strengths and what some teams can do, Charlotte grabbed 31.1% of the rebounds against them in the half-court setting. We're okay in terms of second-chance opportunities, but New York's going to be able to do that. It's what New York does uh, against Boston. They did it again, an offensive rebounding rate of 34.4%. It's what kept them in that game against the Boston Celtics, generating second-chance opportunities and points per misses. Uh, according to Cleaning the Glass, points per 100 missed field goals or reboundable free throws, 28.8. That ranks in the 71st percentile. They're going to be able to do this as well, the Knicks against Atlanta. And I just think the Knicks are, are kind of a bet on team Like as we move into this. Last year, of course, as I've mentioned before, they were 17-8 and eight against the spread. They were very, very solid in that regard. Uh, again, you're talking about one right now. So if you want to go in, you want to look at some money line prices for the New York Knicks, currently sitting at about minus 105. Uh, South Point, our old stomping grounds, has an even money out there if you want to go and grab that. But Knicks money line is the way to go here. I grabbed a little bit of plus 105, but again, like I would, I would bet this all the way up to about minus 115, and that's where we're starting to head. Some offshore markets actually just hit up one minus 115. So hopefully uh, this gets out to you before then, but even then, you know, minus 115, I'll even say minus 120, playable on a money line for the New York Knicks because they are in a good spot here against Atlanta, and I'm willing to, I guess, kind of overreact to this. Uh, all right, let's do one more before we take our, our first break and our only break. Miami Heat on the road against the Boston Celtics. Celtics currently... Eight, eight and a half point favorites, total of 217 or 217 and a half. DraftKings opened this up at seven and a half. And I know a lot of people might be surprised by this, but look, and I think the market kind of learned from this first game when the Heat closed to 10 point favorites against Detroit. The Miami Heat aren't that good, folks. They, they, they aren't. They're the same team as they were last year. I hate to break it to you. And uh, I'm willing to have the egg on my face. We'll play this back if they go out there and blow out the Boston Celtics. And even then it's one game, I'd still be chirping here. Um, an offensive rating of 108.4 against the Detroit Pistons. This offense just is not great, man. They don't have many shot creators. Yeah, they shot 36.4% from three, but they were only 12-25 and then four feet of the basket. You look at where the offensive production came from for this team, for Miami, and yes, Bam Adebayo had 22 points. Jimmy Butler contributed 19-13 and 13 in terms of points and rebounds. But outside of that, once you start to get off of the big three, there's not that much production. This bench is really thin. Like Robinson came off and gave him 15. But after that, Caleb Martin in 20 minutes gave him two points. Thomas Bryant in 16 minutes gave him eight points. Jaime Jaquez Jr. gave him six points in 13 minutes. Drew Smith gave him two and nine. There's not much depth here, man. I just, I don't understand why. Actually, I do understand. They made a run to the NBA Finals. I get it. But as I have kind of preached here, if you go from the New York Knicks series on, this was the exact same team in the regular season. The exact same team. Down to net rating, offensive rating, defensive rating, three-point shooting. It was very inconsistent. And this team is worse because they don't have Gabe Vincent and they don't have Max Struess. And you saw that. Yes, they were up big to Detroit. They blew that. They allowed them to come back. They barely got by. It's not a great team. So if you're sitting here and looking and going, eight and a half, this is crazy. It's not. This, the market is getting this right. For what it's worth, the John Von Model 2.0 actually had a nine, like it was like a 9.2, 9.3 point spread in favor of the Boston Celtics. There's just not much contribution here offensively. And even one of your starting players, Kyle Lowry, in 32 minutes, took one shot. He had two rebounds and two assists. I, I just don't know where this offense is coming from. And I think that Boston's going to be able to come in here and really shut them down. So this is right where I made it in terms of a number. Uh, I made it just under nine personally myself. So it's at eight and a half right now. No real big value we're jumping on. 
uh, if the Heat get off to a hot start, pun intended, then I'll come in and maybe grab a little bit of a cheap price on the Boston Celtics. But uh, I think the market's getting this right, and I think the Heat are in for a rough year, and I think you should be looking to play against them uh, as often as possible. All right, let's take our break. When we come back, we hit up the rest of the card and get you out of here as we're getting you set for the Friday edition of the NBA. Can't wait with some really great games late tonight on the West Coast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, welcome back. Let's continue to roll through the Friday card. It's JBT flying solo. Let's go with the Houston Rockets. Uh, no, excuse me, Toronto Bulls. Toronto Bulls. Toronto Raptors and the Chicago Bulls coming up here. Uh, a boring game on its surface. And actually one that I'm kind of surprised the market hasn't continued to kind of push this down. So you got some low totals on the board of 216.5. Uh, still a couple of 217.5s out there. Opened up 218. I'd be looking to bet this thing under if you're out there and haven't really gotten involved with this game yet. I don't know what to make of Toronto, and I think they're going to be a really bad offensive team. It's one of the reasons why I went in on, if you remember on Wednesday, one of the best bets we had was under on Minnesota and Toronto for that very reason. Held to an offensive rating, Toronto was of 96 in that game, and Chicago wasn't particularly good as well. Offensive rating in their loss to OKC of 105.1. We can also address like what seems to be the off-court issues for the Chicago Bulls. Nikola Vucevic arguing with Billy Donovan on the sideline. Uh, the great moment after the game where they're apparently they're arguing in the locker room and Billy Donovan asked the club, like, hey, do you want me to leave? And then the locker, <laughs> and the locker room apparently resoundingly was like, yep, get out of here. Um, so you can try to spin that as, as Donovan did. Like, hey, man, conflict is good and they're figuring it out. I don't know if that's the case. Chicago, I think, is in a pretty bad spot. That's why I bet this win total under – I think that this is going to be a team that's going to see the writing on the wall and realize that this thing is not working. And the one thing we learned in the Raptors debut is they're going to be, again, just a gritty, solid defensive team. And they can start the season off 2-0. I mean, this is a matchup of two teams that I got an under on. So I think Toronto's off, going to be off to a pretty good start here if only because of the opponents that they're facing. But 217.5 under is the way to go. 
Um, you know, if you look at it from the side perspective, your favor in Chicago by about two and a half. Again, it seems that home court, at least early on by the market's perspective, is floating around three. So we're going to talk about that and look at it and go, okay, well, I guess you could say that Toronto is a slightly better team. Win totals would reflect that as well. So you kind of get the shading. It opened up three at DraftKings, immediately went down to two and a half. So no big movement here. If you missed out on a side number, you're not missing out on much. You're missing out on a half point. So you can go in and grab whatever side you want. But I would say if you're forced to be to pick Toronto's a side, but really under 217 and a half, you know, from a pace perspective too, if you go back to what we've seen so far um, in this early going, Chicago Bulls, you know, they preached, hey, we want to get a little bit quicker. Not really. Uh, pace of about, I think they had about 99, 99 and a half possessions in that game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Toronto's going to want to play a little bit quicker because they're just going to want to force turnovers and run. Uh, but still, in that game against Minnesota, only 101 possessions. So it wasn't like the fastest game in the world. And it's inefficient. You know, it's fast, but it's not efficient at all. And Chicago still has some strength, especially when it comes to their defensive rebounding. So I would say that this has another ugly clunker written all over it. And that 217.5 might not be low enough. And as I say that, 216.5 is starting to appear. So, I, you know, this might just be a number grab for me. Just grab under 217.5 and wait for the market to go. A couple of spots that have that 217.5 are juiced to the under at minus 115. So we're heading down for this total. I think that's pretty clear. The question is just where do we get to when it comes to that? All right. So I got two, or I got one bet on the board so far uh, New York Knicks plus 105 on the money line. Let's go with a second game here. Houston Rockets on the road against the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, boy. Um, market's reacting pretty, pretty strongly here. And I, I'm going to double check. Tari Easton's not going to play. Jock Landell's not going to play. Victor Oladipo's not going to play. But you're going to get your starting lineup out there if you're the Houston Rockets. And one of the things that really sticks out here is the market loves, loves the San Antonio Spurs. And why not, right? They were very competitive against the Dallas Mavericks on opening night ended up losing though 126 to 119 and failing to cover. But on the surface, you look at this and you go, Hey man, they were great. You know, competitive young team. I think the market's kind of getting a little crazy here. Again, if we're rolling with three and a half or excuse me, three as your home court advantage of some sort, uh, the San Antonio Spurs being on equal footing with the Houston Rockets seems a little strong to me, especially when you look at the opener. I mean, DraftKings had this at one and a half. We're all the way up to three at multiple spots. And in fact, there's a couple of three and a half shaded to the dog side that are up on the board right now. Look, if this is what the market's going to give me each time, then I'm willing to kind of come in and go against the San Antonio Spurs. And I get it against Orlando offensive rating of 94 in non garbage time rockets um, gave up 1.217 points per possession. So did not look good in a 116 86 loss to the magic, but the magic are a good team and the magic were a top 11 defense last year. That is not what the San Antonio Spurs are. That's not what the San Antonio Spurs are going to be. So I think we're starting to get, this is one of those things that I've discussed when it came to San Antonio, which is, hey, a team with a win total around 30, can they be overvalued? And I think we're starting to see that they are. For a line to move, what are we talking about here? Four and a half points based on nothing but action is the market going a little too hard here with the San Antonio Spurs. So uh, much like kind of yesterday, right, where the market seemed to be in on the Houston, or excuse me, on the uh, on the Milwaukee Bucks. I'll zig when the market zags. I think we're getting a little strong, and I think Houston is better than what they showed against a really good and long Orlando Magic team. Uh, there's a little bit more here that they can work with against the San Antonio Spurs. So this will be a big litmus test, but I think the market's kind of overreacting, getting this thing all the way up to three in one side, swinging this all the way back to three in favor of the San Antonio Spurs. 
might have a strong home court, but I, I just, I don't know if we should be getting this strong in that regard. And um, let me see, double check San Antonio and just Devontae Graham out league suspension as we know. All right. With that, we move on. Brooklyn Nets, Dallas Mavericks. Not much here. Dallas up to a six-point favorite after opening up five. Total is the real move here. 224.5 up to 231. This is going to be pretty interesting because so the, the Nets are the team, and I didn't really get to watch much of the Cavaliers game, and I'm kind of disappointed because the Nets are one of the teams that I'm really fascinated by because I really want to watch a lot of because I think they should be better. I think they will be better. One of the things that kind of sticks out, though, if you watched the last year and then what happened this year, in this first game, this should be a team that is better defensively than it really is, but it hasn't been defensive rating in that game against Cleveland, 116.3. So I guess you could sit there and look at this and go, well, you know, if they had trouble defending Cleveland. They're probably going to have trouble defending Dallas. I just feel like they have, like, this is going to be my disconnect with Brooklyn. So I'm not going to bet this, but I will say this. I'll make this very clear. I want to bet Brooklyn. I think six is a lot, but I feel also like I'm missing something with the Brooklyn Nets. Because when I look at them, and Nick Claxton is not going to play, so you know that would be nice to have him out there. But when you when you look at him, right, you have you have uh, Mikael Bridges, you have Cam Johnson, you have Dorian Finney-Smith, you have all these guys who are long, switchable three and D wing players that are good defensively. They should be better defensively than what they have shown up to this point. So maybe that's going to be part of like the thing is it's just not all coming together. I, I just I think they're better than what they've shown is essentially what I'm trying to say here. So we'll see if that maybe ever comes to fruition. But I think that that's going to kind of be my guilty pleasure. So I'm going to sit back and watch, but I do want to make it clear. A very strong lean to the Brooklyn Nets. I actually thought this was going to be more like four and a half. I think these two teams are kind of close to favorites or close to equals on a neutral site. So I'm willing to be wrong. Sit back and watch this thing. And the over two, you can kind of understand. You know, you go back to last year, Brooklyn after the trade deadline, 17th and non-garbage time defensive efficiency. They did skew a little bit more to the under. I think it was 15 and 12 to the under uh, last year. So, and that was part of a struggling offense, but I don't think that's going to be the case this year if, if Ben Simmons is going to give you a little bit more in terms of the point guard position. And like, see, going back to that too, like Ben Simmons, like they've got bodies they can throw at Luka Doncic and others. I'm really, really, really interested in the Dallas, or excuse me, the Brooklyn Nets, not Freudian slip. Um, and I think they're going to be pretty live here, but nothing really strong. Again, just maybe thinking that I'm missing something when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets and I'm being willing to wrong, be willing to be wrong about that. All right, next up, Los Angeles Clippers of the Utah Jazz. Um, I will get through the plays that Zach Cohen and Kelly Bidlin have. I want to make sure that we do note that uh, as well. I'm a terrible, and I'll forget all the time uh, to actually mention what these guys have in this card, so I want to make sure that we get that in. Uh, for Zach, let's go back to Knicks and Hawks. We do have a head-to-head matchup here. He laid Hawks minus one and a half, said he's willing to play it to minus two. I've got Knicks money line at plus 102. Rockets Spurs. He bet the Rockets with me, so we're some pot to go there. Plus three and a half for the Rockets, so an agreement when it comes to that play uh, for the Houston Rockets. And he's got a play here. He did bet the Jazz a plus four and a half. Zach Cohen did. Again, you can get all of these plays up at the website of Easton.com. Plenty of four and a half still available right now if you want to take Utah. Uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers, there are some injuries that we should note for LA as they head into this game. We know that Terrence Mann still unavailable and Brandon Boston Jr. is not going to play either. Not a big deal there. Just Terrence Mann and Mann did not play in the win over the Portland Trailblazers. So I'll say this and I will echo the same thing that I said at the end of the game or excuse me, at the end of the episode, what, two days ago with Kelly. I think the market's sleeping on LA. I think as long as this team is together and healthy, that they are going to, they should be power rated like one of the best teams in the association. And I do think, and I would say this to Zach's face. No, I'm just playing. Uh, but I do think that when you look at this from the perspective of the support that the Jazz get, 
I, I don't, I don't like, I, I think we're kind of forgetting how bad, <clears throat> excuse me. I think we're forgetting how bad the jazz were at the end of last year, that they were one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA last year, that they were playing above their skis last year. I, I think this team is again, a very big regression candidate, as we mentioned yesterday, like, you know, or the other day when they played the Sacramento Kings, just a matchup of two teams. I think is just two regression candidates going head to head. Kings ended up winning that game. Uh, by the way, Kings extending their road uh, streak, 30 and 15 ATS, last 45 road games for Sacramento after that one. But I, I think the market's sleeping on LA. So we'll see if I'm right about this matchup here. I did go, come in and lay nine with, uh, remember, the um, uh, the Clippers against the Portland Trailblazers. But this matchup here, playing on the road in altitude early does worry you a bit. And I wonder how much that factors into what this is going to mean for Utah. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. But Zach is in on the Utah Jazz catching four and a half points. Last uh, last two, really quick. Orlando Magic, Portland Trailblazers. I got nothing. I don't think Portland's that good. I think Orlando, though, is approaching a territory where the market's really going to fall in love with them early. They came out and made everybody look right in smoking the Houston Rockets. Now they're on the road against the Trailblazers. I think the market really likes this Trailblazers team because Scoot Henderson, but I, I think that we're forgetting that this is a rookie point guard in the association with a team that is largely untested and some really interesting pieces, but I don't think they're being used very well. Uh, Orlando's got the pieces to really, again, make life difficult for the Portland Trailblazers. And you saw that. I mean, their offense looked okay against the Los Angeles Clippers. That was in non-garbage time. Uh, in, in, or excuse me, in garbage time. In non-garbage time, you take out those minutes, a 103.4 offensive rating for the Portland Trailblazers. They're going to struggle to score again here. Kind of surprised that the total's gone from 223 to 224. I'd actually think that this is an under game between Orlando and Portland. Again, I just don't see that Portland's going to be a good offensive team. But that's just me. Uh, pace was relatively. Let me double check here for Portland and LA, and because I don't think it was uh, particularly fast. Yeah, no, a pace of ninety nine game or ninety nine possessions in that game. So it was not really an up and down affair. And let me double check here. Yeah, and or Houston Orlando was really slow too. Ninety five and a half was the the pace rating there. So I, I'm I'm kind of surprised the totals as high as it is to be quite honest with you. But starting to get a read on some totals, but very much lean to under on the Magic and Trailblazers game. Last one on the board, and then we'll recap all the plays that we got from our guys, Zach Cohen and Kelly Bidlin, and I know that Zach has a good ticket future to add. Golden State Warriors, Sacramento Kings. We're looking at threes now across the board in favor of Sacramento. Total of 238 or 239. Oh, boy. I, part of me thinks that the market is kind of overreacting again, but the betting market does like the Sacramento Kings. But we all remember what we saw last, and what we saw in the debut was the Golden State Warriors Put up an offensive rating of 104 against the Phoenix Suns. Struggled to score consistently outside of some names. And look, the key pieces for the Golden State Warriors did not play particularly well. Steph Curry did go uh, have 27 points on 8 of 19 shooting. But you look at some others, right? Specifically, Klay Thompson had 15 points, but on 6 of 18 shooting, 3 of 11 from 3-point range. Chris Paul missed all 6 of his 3-point attempts, was 4 of 15 from the floor, had 14 points, but a very inefficient night. For him, uh, what are we, Andrew Wiggins, 4-12, 3 from three-point range. This team should be better than what they showed in that game against the Phoenix Suns, especially on offense. Um, their bench showed some pluckiness with Jonathan Kaminga, so I think they're going to be better. And I think when it comes to Sacramento, again, kind of like what we talked about with Orlando, right? Like the market had a thought, hey, Sacramento's undervalued, Sacramento's disrespected, and then Sacramento goes out and beats up on another darling team in Utah, and everybody says, oh, yeah, cool, let's do this thing. Uh, so after a 130-112, and actually, no, that was garbage time, excuse me, 130-114 victory over the uh, Sacramento, or over the Utah Jazz, 
market comes in, opens up at one, drives this thing up to three. I still think the Warriors are the Warriors, but this will be a very, very charged atmosphere, I think. And this is maybe why you give them the full three because Wes Reynolds, I'll, I'll shout him out really quickly, always likes to talk about, hey, looking at the team in the regular season, who got a, playing the team that eliminated them in the postseason the year prior. And obviously this fits that uh, those parameters. Sacramento is going to be charged up to beat up on Golden State if they possibly can. Seems situationally like a good spot for the Sacramento Kings. But I think from a number standpoint, and this is something that I've wrestled with quite a bit, I do think that um, the number would say take Golden State. I think the situation would say take Sacramento. So one to cross off, but definitely worth watching tonight in a primetime spot at 7 p.m. Pacific time. All right, as far as bets are concerned with the uh, with the guys, so I went through the sides for Zach Cohen. Uh, again, uh, Hawks minus one and a half, Rockets plus three and a half, and Jazz plus four and a half. Also got some player props here. Uh, let's go to Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics for Zach Lowry, over four and a half assists at plus 108. The Orlando Magic of the Portland Trailblazers, he's got Markel Fultz, over one and a half steals. I like these derivative markets. I love reading Zach stuff too because – I've been trying to, you know, as yesterday, for example, betting over Anthony Davis in terms of the play, the points, the player prop menu is something I'm going to really try to get into a lot more this year and follow with a little bit more fluidity. So I uh, really like that he includes this, and that's why we like having him on here. But Fultz over one and a half steals also on the card. So five total plays there. And uh, nothing from boring old Kelly. Nothing, uh, nothing at all. I think he bet the Nuggets early, and that's about it. So uh, I mentioned really quick before we get out of here, a futures ticket. Cam Thomas from Zach Cohen. He's a Cam Thomas truther. Bet him at 26 to 1 to win most improved this morning. Can't really fault him. Uh, Thomas was really, really good for the Brooklyn Nets in this game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Ended up finishing like 35 points, right? Let me double check and get that right for you guys. Uh, 36 points on 13 to 21 shooting. He's going to be a scorer. That's for sure. The point total will go up and will be a candidate for that award. All right. That's it for today. We'll be back on Monday. Again, Hardwood Handicappers Monday through Friday. So first week in the books. Hopefully you enjoyed it and uh, the schedule will continue on. So good luck this weekend. And uh, if you want a, you know, some flavor of football, I'll be kind of unplugged from the NBA a bit this weekend because, of course, a lot of college football duties on Saturday and Sunday. But make sure you check us out on Live Bet Saturday and College Lines Revealed on Sunday. Till then, check out the website at vcin.com, and we'll talk to you on Monday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.